Smiling releases endorphins, helping a person feel happier and more positive. And a wider smile creates a lasting impression. Brighten Smiles at Home Teeth Whitening Kit provides you with results in as little as one treatment. Be confident in your smile to live a happier life. Every three minutes, a child is born with a cleft lip or cleft palate. And Brighten Smile is proud to support Operation Smiles' vision for a future where health and dignity are improved through safe surgery. As a proud supporter of Operation Smile, Brighton Smile helps provide life-saving, life-changing surgery to people where it's needed most. Link is in the description. Thanks again for joining the podcast today. If you saw the 2009 horror comedy Jennifer's Body, you'll know it has a pretty unforgettable storyline. Megan Fox stars as a popular high school girl who becomes demonically possessed one night when she and her friend go to a local bar to attend a concert by an indie rock band. Um, she has a crush on the lead singer, but what she doesn't know is that the rock band has picked her because they thought she was a virgin. The rock band attempts to sacrifice her to Satan so that they will become famous. Jennifer is actually not a virgin, and so in her demonic state, she takes revenge on her male classmates by going on a bloody killing spree, picking them off one by one. When the movie first came out, critical reception was lukewarm, but it gained a cult following and a new appreciation for its feminist spin on horror horror cliches. Armchair detectives have noticed that the film, film sorry, bears a surprising similarity to the real-life murder of Elise, a case that is as baffling and as tragic. Elise was born on April 24, 1980, in Templeton, California. Her parents are David and Lausanne. The family moved from Templeton to Arroyo Grande, California. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong. Which is not the safest place to be at the time um, because of high crime rates and illegal substance use. Elise had a relatively usual upbringing. She was close to her family, and her parents described her as a good child. She was independent, free-spirited, adventurous, and sociable. She was always reaching out and talking to everyone. She had many friends, and everyone seemed to like her. Elise was a good student who had good grades. She also played soccer and tennis, and she was active in, in her church choir and at the local theater. She aspired to be an actress. When she became a teenager, she began to rebel and hang out with a bad crowd. At first, it was like most teenagers skipping school, underage drinking, smoking marijuana, but it became worse and Elise started experimenting with harder drugs like cocaine. 
She would often sneak out of her home at night to party with friends and was even suspended from school for five days after getting caught drinking. Elisa's parents became concerned about her substance abuse and sent her to a recovery center, hoping that she would get the help she needed to get her life back on track. While in the recovery center, Elise met a 15-year-old boy named Jacob. Jacob came from a very religious family and actually attended the same high school as Elise, but he was kicked out. He was known to be a very talented artist, but his appetite for narcotics always seemed to get him in trouble. Elise didn't know Jacob um, that well. Uh, they weren't really in the same social circles, but they became friends through the recovery center. Jacob introduced Elise to his friends Joseph, who was 14 at the time, and Rice, who was 16. Joseph and Rice were known as bullies and substance abusers, and they had been kicked out of their schools due to their destructive behaviors. So these three boys were just bad news. They were also into heavy metal music, like death metal, and even formed a band called Hatred, which was heavily inspired by the band Slayer. Slayer was a distinctive, influential thrash metal band that was formed in the 1980s, and then they remained active until 2018. Their lyrics revolve around controversial topics like death, serial killers, torture, occult practices, and Satanism. The boys were really obsessed with the music, and they would spend hours listening to it while smoking weed and playing guitar. Joseph, who became the leader of the group, was also very interested in the occult and had li a library of books and magazines talking about the subjects. He even, uh, or sorry, he researched everything about the occult because, and because he was so into it, Joseph managed to get Jacob and Royce into it as well. They would even, this was the early days of the internet, but they would go on these online chat rooms and basically chat with other Satanists. Uh, they even started breaking into graveyards to scope out the graves that they wanted to rob. Elise didn't really have anything in common with these boys. She started hanging out with them after school to do drugs. Her friends noticed that she was friendly toward these boys, and they tried to warn her against it. To her friends, the boys were just weird and creepy and just not good people. But Elise thought that her friends were just being way too judgmental and continued hanging out with them. During one of their band practices, Joseph allegedly asked the others if they would be willing to sacrifice a virgin to help them with their music because their band wasn't doing so well. They really weren't getting any like gigs or anything like that. <clears throat> they believed that a girl who was a virgin would somehow give them otherworldly powers to play the guitar harder and faster and that would get them a record deal and then they would become famous. 
they needed someone to sacrifice and they had just the right person in mind. To the boys, Elise would make the perfect sacrifice because she was a blonde-haired, blue-eyed virgin. Sacrificing her would be the ultimate sin against God and it would ensure them their ticket to hell and the devil would be so pleased with them that they would get everything they wanted. For about a month, the boys would talk about nothing else other than coming up with a plan on how to sacrifice Elise to save them. One day, Elise was walking home from school when she saw the boys waving at her to join them. As she got closer, the boys told her that someone had slipped down the ravine and that they needed help. When Elise went closer to look down the ravine, one of the boys pushed her. She lost her balance and she rolled down the steep ravine. When she was lying down there, Joseph allegedly took a knife and gave it to another boy, who then walked up behind Elise. As the others chanted, do it, do it. The boys, or the boy with the knife got scared and froze. And then at that moment, um, Elise's mom appeared looking for Elise. By coincidence, she happened to be there. Um, and the other boys went running away. The scary incident haunted Elise for a while as she tried to understand what the boys actually wanted to do. Did they really want to harm her or was it just a sick joke? She was a really forgiving person, and so she convinced herself that it was probably just a joke that went too far. Her parents, of course, were horrified, and they wanted to go to the police to report the boys, but Elise asked them not to, saying that, um, that the boys were just joking, and that they didn't mean to do it, like, it, they didn't mean for it to go that far. Excuse me. On July 22, 1995, Elise was at home watching TV with her family when she received a call from Jacob inviting her to hang out with them. Elise was still a little uncomfortable about the previous incident, but Jacob was able to convince her by saying that they had some new drugs that she would love. So later that night after dinner, instead of going to bed, Elise snuck out to meet the boys. They made their way to a eucalyptus grove near Elise's home. They sat down to smoke weed, and as Elise was getting high, she didn't notice Jacob sneaking up behind her with a belt. He quickly wrapped the belt around her neck, and Royce jumped on her and held down her hands and her legs so she wouldn't struggle. Joseph then took out a huge hunting knife and plunged it straight into her neck. Then he passed the knife to the other boys, who took turns stabbing her 12 times. Elise was crying out in pain, praying to God and calling out for her mom to help. The boys thought that she was not dying as fast as they hoped, so they stomped on her neck to finish her off faster. The pain that Elise must have gone through is unimaginable and it's just heartbreaking because she did nothing but be nice to them and this is the way 
they treated her. An autopsy would later show that none of the 12 stab wounds were fatal, meaning that she was forced to slowly and painfully bleed to death. When her parents noticed that she was not home the next morning, they went to the police to report her missing, but the police thought that she was just a runaway and really did nothing about it. The boys kept bragging to friends about what they had done, but the friends just didn't believe them and thought they were like being weirdos telling sick, talking about sick things. Uh, weeks turned into months and Elisa's family was growing more and more worried, believing that something bad must have happened because they knew that there was no way Elise would go that long without contacting somebody in the family. Um, and they kept going to the police, but, or they went to the police, sorry. They went to the police about the previous incident of the voice pushing her down the ravine. But again, the police kept saying that Elise was a runaway. Elise's parents heard rumors that Elise had been seen in another town with an older man. They told the police, but the police didn't even bother to check and confirm if these allegations were real. So cases like this are just, of course, annoys me that police are so dismissive and unhelpful. Like they just assume that she's a runaway and don't even do any kind of background checks or parents are giving leads. Like, ugh, gosh. So for almost nine months, Elisa's body lay abandoned in the woods near her home as the boys went on with their normal lives. As I mentioned earlier, they were the boys were actually going around telling everyone what happened, but nobody was taking them seriously. And Joseph even confessed to his mother, but for some reason, no one even thought to go to the police and report it. They just kind of thought, I guess, that the boys were just stoned and telling stories. In March of 1996, Royce decided to come forward and confess everything. Ever since the murder, Royce had been battle battling with his conscience and even converted to being a Christian. Royce kept a journal where he would talk about his satanic thoughts, and after turning to Christianity, he started avoiding his friends, which created some tension between them, to the point where he was fearing for his life. Joseph and Jacob apparently started threatening Royce by quoting some lyrics from a Slayer song that would also... Um, Oh, they would also say that Elise was not their last sacrifice. Royce took this to mean that they might sacrifice him next, so he decided to go to the police. He told investigators everything that happened and even took them to where they had hid Elise's remains. The investigators tried to wrap their heads around a motive uh, for such brutality. Royce told them that it was to receive power from the devil to help them play guitar better. If they would make if they could make the perfect sacrifice to the devil, it would help them go professional and become famous. On March the fourteenth, nineteen ninety six, the other boys were arrested and brought in for questioning. They both denied 
practicing Satanism, but admitted that they all had a part in Elise's death. They claimed that all Slayer's music inspired them to commit the murder. Joseph told investigators that the song got inside his head and it really influenced his actions. Joseph said, It gets into your head. It's almost embarrassing that I was so influenced by the music. I started, it started to influence the way I looked at all things. On further investigation, the police learned that the boys had also engaged in sexual acts with Elisa's dead body on several occasions. Joseph's mother corroborated that Joseph admitted to her um, what he had done and that the other boys would go back to the eucalyptus grove and perform these sexual acts on her. Um, some of Joseph's friends also told investigators that the teen had told them the same thing. The three boys were charged with murder, and despite being under 18 when they committed the crime, they were all tried separately as adults. They all pled no contest and received a sentence of 25 years to life in prison. Um, after several years in prison, the three murderers came up with statements explaining their reasons for why they did it. Jacob blamed Joseph's obsession with satanic rituals and said Elise was murdered because Joseph was obsessed with her and obsessed with killing her. The three killers claimed that Slayer's music had inspired them to kill Elise. Her devastated parents filed a lawsuit against the band, claiming that the songs gave the murderers detailed instructions to stalk, torture, murder, and perform acts of necrophilia on their daughter. Uh, necrophilia is when a perpetrator gets sexual pleasure in having sex with a dead body. The lawsuit was originally filed in... 1996, but it was delayed until 2000 when the killers finished their trials. Elisa's uh, <clears throat> dad wrote to the judge telling how he and his family had suffered following Elisa's death. He said he was unable to work for three years and was forced to seek mental health counseling for many months. They suffered through the nightmare of not knowing what happened to Elise when her, and when her body was finally discovered, they learned that she had been treated barbarically. He was consumed with grief, although the defendants received prison sentences ranging from 25 years to life. It did little to ease the horror about, of what they had done, the pain of losing their daughter and knowing she suffered will never leave her father. Elise's father went on to say that he was unable to earn an income after his daughter's death. He had to go on welfare and his family even lost their home. However, the judge threw out the case saying that he could not see how the band members themselves were responsible for Elise's death. 
Their daughter's death continued to torment Elisa's family for years, to the point where her dad even started developing anger issues. In 2014, he was arrested after he got into a road rage incident with another motorist. According to police, someone had cut David off, Elisa's dad David, and David followed him and pulled him out of his car by his shirt. David, who was later charged with battery, claimed that he was triggered by his post-traumatic stress disorder. He got probation, a $500 fine, and was ordered to take anger management classes. The three murderers have been in prison for over two decades and have been up for parole since 2020. In 2021, Royce was granted parole and Elisa's parents said that they were okay with him getting out because he showed remorse. He's been apologetic, and he's done everything right to try to reform himself. At his parole hearing, uh, Royce told commissioners that in his past, he tried to please people to protect himself. But going through various programs during the last two decades, he's learned self-acceptance. He said the desire to portray an image of being violent got him into trouble. He said, or when he was asked about Elisa's murder and whether he understood the impact of his crime, Royce said the first thing that came to his mind was how his actions brought immense suffering to Elise, saying that she had to feel so much pain and terror. He closed his statement by saying, Nothing I can say or nothing I can ever do will ever bring back the life that she could have had, the life that she could have had for her and her parents. He said, I'm ashamed by the person that I was, and I'm disgusted by the person I was then. I'm ashamed that I took her entire future away. He went on went on to describe Elise as being a truly wonderful person who was loving, vibrant, enthusiastic, encouraging, and gentle, saying, it breaks my heart to think how much she lost because of me. She never got to graduate from high school, go to her prom. She never got to go to college or fall in love and get married. She never got to be a mom. These things broke through the denial that I had and those things that helped me to be able to see there was something deeper I needed to look at and to understand. Um, he also said, uh, it was not my defects that led me to this, not my codependence, not music, not drugs. However, the district attorney's office did not agree with the parole board's decision to give Royce a second chance, uh, referring to the crime as one of the most atrocious, heinous, disgusting, extremely callous crimes that anybody can commit. At the end of the hearing, the commissioners were convinced that Royce was a changed person and he deserved a second chance, but the prosecution disagreed and they went ahead 
to write to the governor urging him to reverse the parole board's decision. Weiss's parole was reversed, and he remains in prison until his next parole hearing, which was this month, or this um, September 2022, but as of this upload, I have not heard any updates. Joseph and Jacob uh, their parole hearing is scheduled for December 2024. If all three are granted parole, they will be released from prison while in their early 40s and will still be able to re rebuild their lives and hopefully not be a danger to those around them. Um, so I just wanted to say, like, death metal and it's not my type of music but I have known people who like that type of music and there's nothing wrong with that as long as the person does not act on the lyrics because I know some people they're like eh, they like death metal they must be yeah I've actually heard people say that um I also don't have a set relish religion like any belief system. Um, so, but I've known people with different religions and beliefs, including Satanism. And again, like they aren't bad people, that's just what they believe. They weren't ever the ones I met, anyways, it's my experience. Like they never tried to get me to believe in that, they never tried to sacrifice me. So, if you do hear that someone is into that, that's, that, that's just their belief system. I'm not making up excuses, and it's horrible what Jacob, Joseph, and Royce did. Um, but I guess it's my way of kind of trying to understand. Um, like, they may have been influenced by the music and by lyrics, and, you know, chatting with people who are into Satanism. You know, they were teenagers. Yes, they they were easily influenced. Your brain isn't fully developed until you're 25 years old. Um, like, you're just, you are easily influenced at that age. And so if they, someone like Royce, who seemed to have been really remorseful and felt horrible for what he had done and realized what he had done, then that... Uh, for Elisa's family, the pain of knowing how their daughter was brutally murdered will continue to stay with them for a long time and probably will never go away. The place where Elise died has since been turned into a small memorial shrine, with family and friends placing photos, flowers, and a small wooden cross there. Um, there's also a prayer from her grandma. Um, so there's so many similarities to from this story. I don't know in particular if the writers of Jennifer's body knew of this, but it's just so similar. Um, you know, a struggling metal band seeking to become famous, a pretty teenage girl, a satanic ritual, and unfortunately, a brutal murder. So... 
Elisa's story is truly a tragic one, and it's really sickening to know that human beings can be this evil. Um, so let me know what you think if you'd like me to look up other things that have similarities like this. And yeah, it's a horrible story. But thank you for listening.